Hey Life Canton, Roger here, student director. So glad you're with us. If you're a returning listener, welcome. If you're a brand new listener, uh, welcome to you as well. Be sure to follow us. We put out content other than just sermons. Recently, we have been going through a series interviewing all of our wonderful staff. So follow, subscribe, so you can be sure to stay up to date on that content. Either way, God is up to so much in this community, and he has been up to so much over the past year. What you're going to hear today is our annual celebration where uh, Pastor Nathan talks to us about some of what God has done over this past year and also gets really excited about what is coming. So I hope you enjoy the message. Hope you get just as excited as we are, as Pastor Nathan gets, and, and can't wait for you to hear some of the amazing things God has been up to this year. Give it a listen, and I'll talk to you in a minute. Well, hey, Life Church. It is so good to be celebrating with you. And we wanted to take a moment to share some stories that you have shared with us about how God has impacted your life through our church this year. This comes to us from one of our partners. I took many of the Life Journey classes while volunteering in different capacities at church. For me, it was an empowering experience because many of the people I volunteered with were taking it with me. It taught us how we can deepen our impact with others through discipleship in the areas we were already serving. When I finished the courses, I felt the nudge to take the next step into discipling someone. I've started discipling a woman who's learning to make her faith her own. To help her grow, I decided to take the advanced course again to help her unpack what she was learning. This not only benefited her, but me as well. From taking this course again, I stepped out to begin volunteering at a place that feeds some of the passions that I had put off for years. Together, we're learning how to follow, imitate, and become like Jesus by growing in community and serving together. I'm honored to know that this woman I am discipling feels like she belongs and is grateful for someone to walk beside her through the seasons of life. Here's what one of our partners wrote. When we talk about Life Church with other people, we don't tell them that we love Life Church. We tell them that we crazy love Life Church. Here are some reasons why. My wife crazy loves the worship music, it feeds her soul. She loves that she has the opportunity to volunteer a couple of Sundays a month. Serving fosters the cold you belong, which resonates with her. For me, I crazy love the pastor's prophetic and anointed message. I am also grateful for the opportunity to serve by teaching the Transform Life Journey course. Together, these ignite my passion to see others encounter Jesus and to see God's mission multiply beyond the four walls of our church. We agree that Life Church helps us grow closer to Jesus and stirs our mutual passion to make him known to all people everywhere. One of our Life Church families shares, Life Church Canton has been a place of refuge for us during this time. Thank you for reminding us that as Christians, we are able to make the world better by just being in it. Thank you for being honest, for reminding us to be humble, and for walking us through the word each week and engaging in interesting ways 
Even my teenagers pay attention, something that has never happened before. Thank you for addressing and acknowledging current events and reminding us again and again that Christians are to love God and to love others. Thank you for walking us through how Christians should behave during this time. Thank you for saying that while we can have opinions on what's happening in the world, first and foremost, we must be followers of Jesus Christ. Thank you for reminding us to stay humble and that we need to consider whether some of our beliefs and ideas are cultural or biblical and to go to the source, Jesus, for answers. And to be willing to be wrong and ask God for forgiveness. You don't know us yet, but we have encountered Jesus again through Life Church Canton. Our faith has been renewed and reinvigorated. Thank you. Amen. Yeah, give it up one more time for God. Now, one more time, we'll do some more of that. You can have a seat. Thank you for being here. Uh, my name is Nathan. I'm one of the pastors, and uh, it is such a good time for us to be together. It's our annual celebration. If you haven't caught on by the giant balloon arches, no, if you're new, those aren't normally there. Uh, we are celebrating today. We're celebrating what God is do- doing. New life drives us. And so these stories of new life that you will hear and these things that we'll share with you, they're all about God's glory. And that's why we're here. I've been thinking about what I wanted to share with you um, since the beginning of December, knowing that I would try to encapsulate everything that happened in the previous year in this message. And I was reminded of this particular passage in Nehemiah again and again and again. And I'm like, you know what? I I've preached on that recently. I'm fairly certain I've preached on this recently. I can remember it. Uh, I don't, that's not it. I'm just remembering it and thinking that would be a good passage. But as I've been praying, God again and again returned me to this passage and to this message. And so as I looked up, I'm like, no, I've got to find out when did I give this message. It was in uh, January of 2020, celebrating Uh, our 2019 year. So the exact same annual celebration two years ago. And it was about Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a man that God called to reclaim the decimated home of the Jewish people. And this is a part of what happens during their celebration. And so I I looked back there and found out that I, I preached this in January of 2020, which little did I know that uh, things were about to get really difficult. I thought the Australia wildfires and, and the loss of Kobe Bryant were the worst things that were going to happen in 2020. But all of us know that that didn't happen. That I preached this right before the pandemic began, right before political unrest got worse, insurrections, racial tension became even more public before the death of people in our church, before the death of family members before the isolation and the infighting. And I ended that message two years ago with this. If we learn to celebrate, our joy will grow and turn into a strength that no matter what challenge comes, no matter what worry comes our way, we will plant our feet, not on our circumstances, but on God's glory. And we will not be shaken. Yeah, I got shook. I don't know about you. Anyone, anyone else get shook by what happened? I did. Man, 
Little did I know what would come. We're all a little more weathered. If this was a boxing match, we'd be in like, I don't know, the 15th round after getting knocked down four or five times, but still getting back up. Man, I actually found out this the other day, that I have been the lead pastor of this church longer in the pandemic than out of it. And I'm like, man, I'm tired. This is a lot. This is not what I expected. Most of us are saying, look, I didn't sign up for this. I don't know where you sign up for a pandemic, but we definitely didn't do that. And yet here we are. My message for you two years later is still the same. There is only strength in the joy of the Lord. The difference is, is all of us knew that. Now we know that a little bit more. Let me tell you about Nehemiah. God called him to lead his people back to Jerusalem, the promised land, to the city that had been absolutely destroyed by war. He called his people back. Why? To reclaim the identity of the Jewish people by reestablishing the city, its walls, its temple, and most importantly, Israel's worship of God in Jerusalem. Nehemiah was a leader who led his people through raids, attacks, infighting, fear, potential starvation, political intrigue, sabotage, lies, and ridicule. It got so bad that as they tried to build the walls, they had to assign entire families to sections. And during the day and the night, one person would stand there with arms and weapons, staring out into this wasteland, anticipating and waiting for a raiding party and an army to descend on them, while the other was actually laying the walls that would provide protection. The entire family was there helping. This is how intense it got. And the walls came up in 52 days, and the enemies fell back. And not only did they fall back, they were in awe of God and what he accomplished through his people. Nehemiah prepared to do, after the walls were up, exactly what he came back there to do. To reclaim the land, but more importantly, to worship God. And so they collected uh, a bunch of money and, and, and together so that they could invest in what was going to happen. They're like, we're here, and we've given so much, but we're going to invest in this worship. So people came forward and brought 779 pounds of gold, which in today's dollars would be $11.685 million. That's a lot of money. Then they bought, uh, brought 5,050 pounds of silver, which sounds a lot more, but it, it's only, it's only $1.788 million in today's money. And then they brought 700 priest's garments. And I thought, that's a bit odd. Like, uh, so gold, silver, clothes. What's going on with that? See, there were 700 priest garments because they knew why they were there. They were there to worship God. And the priests, they helped that happen. This was the beginning of something. See, they could, they could put down some of the pieces and instead of having arms, they could wring out the priest's clothes. They were getting ready for a monumental moment. What you may not have known was what led up to this as well. Jeremiah 29, 11 the most memorized verse in the entire world. You may have heard it. Behold the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. 
Many of us, this has brought us comfort in times of difficulty. That's true. But this came right after there was a promise that it would take 70 years, 70 years for people to return from exile. Do you realize that this moment we're about to read is that moment, that moment when God's promise to protect them was coming true. The walls are up. The people are safe. And they're about to celebrate. The anticipation's killing me. Like, I'm so excited for this moment. The priests are all surrounding this wooden podium. Hundreds of priests. And Ezra, the head priest, is standing in front of the 50,000 people left. The people who are there to participate in what they came there to do. To worship God in the promised land. Nehemiah 8, 5 through 6. Ezra opened the book inside of all the people, for he was standing above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. Then Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. And all the people answered, Amen, Amen, while lifting up their hands. And they bowed low and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Ezra blessed the Lord. One of the things that we see now in Jewish faith is something called the Shema. And it means listen and obey. It is a prayer. And it's been done for thousands of years. It's a call to worship for the Jewish people. And also in it is a blessing of God. The first written understanding or the first time that the Shema was written down as like, hey, pray this prayer, was in the second temple period of which began with Nehemiah and what was happening here. It's not too far to say that the Shema could have been said for the very first time at this gathering. So I want you to close your eyes for a moment and imagine this. I want you to think about what it took to get them there. They're standing with these walls and it's dead silent. And there's tens of thousands of people watching and listening and waiting. Imagine the hardship. Imagine the people they lost. Imagine the 70 years of waiting. Their grandparents spoke of this moment. And there's utter, complete silence. And you heard this sung out. Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kavod Mahutu Le'olam Va'ed Stay with your eyes closed. I want you to think what you've been through. Think about who you lost. Think about what you lost. Think about the things that you wish were. Think about how God has been faithful and good and kind. Think about what you hope he will do. See, the ephemeral we mistook for eternal got stripped away. And what do we have left? 
Listen to the words. Hear, Israel. The Lord is our God. The Lord is one. Blessed be the name of his glorious kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Amen. You can open your eyes. I can't imagine the weight of that moment. But I can see what happens next in verse 9. Then Nehemiah, the governor, Ezra, the priest, and the teacher of the law, and the Levites, who were instructing the people, said to them all, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. They were weeping not just for what they'd been through, but acknowledging what God had done. Two years was 2020. A year later, everything changed for us. And at that annual celebration, I talked about how though we had been broken, God had bound us together in love, that he had refined us through the fire, and we had come forth as pure gold. I spoke about this idea of kintsugi, which is a Japanese art form, where though a pot is broken, it is taken and bound together with precious materials, with gold, and it becomes stronger and a work of art. And I said, that, that is who we are. That over a year, many of us stood firm. We became the glue by investing our entire life into what God is doing and not giving up. And we became more beautiful together. We are stronger. Here, we are looking forward from what God has done for us already towards what he will do because he is faithful. This day is about celebration. This day is about God. And praising him. Verse 10, it goes on. Nehemiah said this. Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks. And send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. You may have heard that phrase before. First of all, uh, we are finishing 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, today, uh, when I go home, I'm going to enjoy some choice food. And sweet drinks. Anyone else saying amen to that? Amen. Yeah. So I just, I just want to point out that we're going to do that. I'm excited. Why? We prepare for this day. We prepare to celebrate what God has done. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, Nehemiah chose his words very carefully. The word strength is ma'oz. Ma'oz. Good, good word. Ma'oz. Strength. I like that. It's really good. What does it mean? I'll tell you what it means, but... I want you to know that God is offering something to you today, no matter how you're feeling, and it's his strength. God isn't offering you comfort. He's offering you strength. Let me explain what I mean by that. God does comfort us when we mourn. He comforts us when we're hurting. But he's not offering you a comfortable life. He's offering you a life of strength, no matter what your circumstances are. And, and one of the things I think that we have all been able to say, some of us maybe didn't realize this, but over the two years, we realized that the comfortable life, that American life where everything's fine and good and calm and relaxed and we get to go to our vacations on time and all that, that that comfortable life may not exist anymore. 
And we also found out how much we put into that. How much of our security we put into that. Not everybody. Some of us have learned that life is hard. What we need is not comfortable. We need strength. We need strength. Nehemiah and his people left everything behind to go to enemy territory and to take back what was God's. People died. Enemies came. And yet, they built the wall. The word here, strength, is ma'oz. And it means strength. But it also means the confidence that God will be your fortress. This is good strength. Nehemiah, he could have in this moment pointed to the walls, the walls that they bled for, the ones that were around them, that everyone was terrified of them, and says, do not be afraid. We have these great walls. Instead, he said, rejoice. God is your fortress. And for those people who went through it, they knew that was true. They knew as they stood there with their child next to them, looking out at these armies, that that little wall wasn't going to do anything, but that God had protected them and that God would protect them. Nehemiah is a good leader because he points to what God has done as a reminder of what he will do and reminds them that that is where we place our feet. That is the strength that God wants for us. So they decided to set aside a day to celebrate God. That joy became their strength. That's what the annual celebration is for us. I'm going to talk about numbers in a little bit. But I want you to know that we do this because it's about reminding ourselves who God is and what he has done. It's, it's a reignition of our passion so we can reimagine the future of what God will do. It's this cathartic moment. It's powerful and it's important. Faith is what it builds. See, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And we did not see 2020, 2021, and I know you can't see 2022. If you can, come talk to me. <laughs> I'm not saying God can't do it. He does it. Come talk to me. I'd like to know. Nehemiah 8, 10, go enjoy choice food. The day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. We know we need the strength, so what's this joy? This joy, that word is hedwa, hedwa. And it's a specific kind of joy as well. It's the pleasure of being together with God in celebration of him. It's the joy that comes from going to a party for God and enjoying him. Like the best birthday party you could ever imagine. That is this joy. Now, when we go to a party, we bring gifts that the person likes, right? We don't, you know, when I was young, when uh, my parents said, you need to buy a gift for your brother or sister for their birthday, you know what I did? Bought something I wanted and gave it to them. And then they're like, what's this? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> but we don't do that. We know that, see, as we grow and mature, and you grow and mature, you love buying things. Some of us are gift givers, right? We love finding not just things, but things that bring joy. And when that happens, it's almost like we did buy a gift for ourselves because we are so satisfied in their delight. God is trying to give you joy where you delight in him and what you get back is more powerful than you can know. In fact, it's the strength to keep going. It translates to our joy. Rick Warren says it this way. Joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details in my life. 
It's the quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right. And the determined choice to praise God in every situation. That is the joy we are talking about today. I'd like for us to increase our joy. I'm going to do that by sharing some things. What I'd love you to do is, is to let yourself be affected by it to turn off all the other things and just think about it. I'm going to give you some numbers. Some of them are pretty big. And I don't want you to think about how many the numbers are. I want you to think and remind yourself that every number has a name, a name and a family. And every name has a face. And every face has a story. And story matters to God. And each one is a gift. Each one is a joy that will make you stronger. I want you to holler. I want you to clap. I want you to get excited for whatever you want. You don't even have to wait till there's some kind of pause. Just get excited if you want to because joy, head while grows, so does strength. You don't know what's coming this year. You don't know what your celebration now will give you the strength to endure tomorrow. So let's get excited about it. I'm going to start off by asking you guys to practice just once. You can do whatever you want. It's totally okay. But are you guys ready to celebrate what God is doing? Good. Good. This year, to help people feel like they belong, we had 33 life groups where 187 people met. That is pretty cool. People encountered Jesus in prayer. 700 people sought prayer. And, and even online, we had 30 prayer sessions back and forth through technology. People met God in prayer through you as you laid hands on them. This is just church online because we don't have metrics from Facebook. So this only includes what we do online. Um, we had a thousand different people attend church. A thousand different people. That's just their devices. So we don't know how many. But that totaled 132,000 minutes of watching, which is a lot. Let me tell you about where they came from. I'm going to name some states. There's a lot of them. If you like that state, go ahead and yell out that you like that state. I'm surprised that people love some of these states. All right. So in no order whatsoever, California, Utah, Arizona, Colorado, South Dakota, Kansas, Texas, Minnesota, or Minnesota. I heard Harbaugh's going to Minnesota. Anyway, Iowa, Missouri, Illinois, Tennessee, Alabama. They're all right. Indiana, Georgia, Ohio. <laughs> South Carolina, Virginia, North Carolina, Maryland, Pennsylvania, New York, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Maine, what up, Maine, Florida, and even Michigan. Yeah. DC's in there too. DC's in there too. Now, we had a couple countries. Obviously, we were in the United States. We had people from there, but we also had Germany, uh, Switzerland, and Canada, of course. Hey, eh? how you guys doing? No, no Canadians. Tony Sefuentes, where are you? Uh, Man, that's really cool. Our podcast, pa podcast, our podcast got downloaded over 7,000 times and listened to. I don't even understand that. That's cool. 
By the way, I sound way better at one and a half times speed, like way smarter. You should just listen at that. You know what's really cool and what really gets me is uh, this idea of something that happens in Revelations. We sang about it earlier, where every tongue and tribe and nation will worship God. It's this vision of what will be. I, I love dreaming about that, just seeing billions of people with different cultures and skin tones and backgrounds and languages and musical instruments all worshiping God in their way and creating this symphony that's absolutely gorgeous. And I look forward to that day. But Life Canton, we're doing an incredible job of bringing that day here now. And for the first time, we're seeing greater diversity in our leadership and in our worship. We're seeing our voices become more diverse. The reason why we have diverse voices isn't just to include everyone. Of course, it's a good thing. It's a beautiful thing. But so that we can represent what's going to happen in Revelations now. Now. So our leadership team and nominating committee are growing. Our worship is growing. And it will not stop. So I just want you to know that your voice matters. It does. And that we're intentional about it. And I'm so proud. I'm so proud of what we have done and sacrifice. And we have miles to go before we sleep. Don't worry. We're not done yet. We're just getting started. We had 87 people commit their lives to Jesus last year. Yeah. Ten of those were online, on church online alone. Those are just the ones that have been written down. We had 29 people get baptized last year. Woo! Their lives have been changed forever. Their families have been changed forever. It's so, so good. Let me talk about Life Journey. I love Life Journey. Through Explore, Encounter, Advance, Transform, we completed it 339 times, which is really good. That's amazing. We had 80 people come to multiply, which is what you do when you're all done with everything else, is get back together and celebrate. We have one coming up here soon. And we just, on Monday, will finish uh, a brand new course that we started called Equip. And I'm telling you that it'll be part of something that transforms our entire community, part of the 10-year vision moving forward. And there are those tomorrow who will be presenting some incredible things that God is going to do through them in the community. I'm telling you that this is something different. It's something innovative. And if you want to be part of it, you got to jump on that life journey train right now. Today's your last day to sign up. Sign up. It's incredible. I won't say too much about it because that's about next week. Next week, which by the way, we have spent so much time. The leadership team is ready to present to you, ready to present this 10-year vision that's going to transform us. I want you to have even more anticipation for next week. But I'm not done talking about life journey. I forgot to tell this last time and I'm smacking myself, but that empowered 125 people to become partners and other people to grow in discipline and in their experience of God, which is incredible. We had 25 different groups of people who were discipling each other. And that is powerful. That might be the most important number on this list. I don't know. That and baptisms. I can't figure out which one I like more, discipleship or baptism. Like, because they are powerful and they change things. But Life Journey has an impact beyond Life Canton. We have a network of people 
who we have resourced with the materials that we have invested in and the time and volunteers we have put into it. In fact, we have it in like four or five different churches, but there's one church in Maine that I want to uh, highlight. See, they have gone all the way on this. They're like, give us a quip. I'm like, you got get your other stuff done. They're like, no, give us a quip. They're ready. They're asking for it. They're begging for it. And today, they're finishing their entire series on the life journey, preaching why discipleship matters and how they're going to go after it. They have 20 leaders ready to go. And right now, they have a, over 100 people who are signed up to start Explore in the next month. That's incredible. That's incredible. I was talking to the, one of the pastors there, and he's like, I think we're going to have too many people sign up. So that's amazing. I'm telling you, there's no excuse. There are people begging for this. If you haven't taken the life journey yet, I don't, I don't know why not. Sign up today. Get started on this journey of discipleship to follow and become and imitate Jesus and transform the world. It is the bedrock on which the new vision is built. I'm going to stop talking about it because I'm going to preach a whole other message. Incredible. We have donated money to plant churches, many churches in our five-state area, including Riverside, Detroit. See, the pandemic came, but churches keep getting planted no matter what, because God is good. We have and will invest in racial reconciliation, uh, including groups such as Arabon and Be the Bridge. We have supported local single mothers, the homeless, and families who have lost loved ones to sickness. We have cared for the orphan here and overseas. And God has been so good, but he's not done yet. He's not done yet. Hear Israel. The Lord is our God. The Lord is one. Blessed be the name of his glorious kingdom forever and ever. See, my God is able to save and deliver and heal and restore anything that he wants to. He is good God Almighty. He's our champion. He fights for us. What was stolen, he has brought back to us. You have made a way, God, where there was none. You, you, God, turn mourning into dancing. You give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory. You're the only one who can. You are good God Almighty. These are the words that we have sung. These are the words that we are. And I hope that God finds every single one of us praising him at the top of our lungs because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Let me say this again. If we learn to celebrate, our joy will grow and eventually turn into a strength that no matter what challenge comes, no matter what worry comes our way, we will plant our feet not in our circumstances, but in God's glory, and we will not be shaken. That's who we are. So I want you to prepare to invest what's coming next. I want you to prepare, just like they did. They went through all of the difficulty, but then they got ready, because they knew what was coming next. And they brought the priest clothes, and they, they brought the, the gold, and they brought themselves and their family. So I want you to prepare for this next vision as we call you to these things. But don't wait. Start now. Invest in generosity. It's time to get serious about investing in the kingdom of God. I'm not asking you to bring gold bars or silver bars. I'm asking you to be intentional with how you use your money and to be intentional and disciplined and to do that. For some of you, God's going to call you to grow in generosity beyond 
to be part of what he is doing. And I'm excited to see what you do. Second, invest in the life journey. I won't preach a sermon. I promise about this. But I'm telling you, it's set up to help you experience and encounter Jesus, to reclaim who you are in him, and then to empower other people. Please be part of it. What are you waiting for? Our students are actually leading the way on this. Remember at the wall, the, student, the students stood there. They weren't back from the fight. They were right there. And our students are doing the same thing. They're part of life journey and they're learning to grow. What would it be if your entire family was on the line saying, we are going to be part of bringing discipleship to people. Sign up for the life journey as we reclaim the kingdom of God as a family. As a family. How powerful that is. And invest in belonging. Invest in belonging. Join a life group, both life journey and life groups. You can sign up today, last day for this round. Be part of that belonging. Because you might not be ready for all this yet, but you are ready to be known and loved and be part of something. So sign up for the life journey. As we finish, we've got some more stuff to celebrate. But there are those who want to be part of this family, who want to follow Jesus. So I'd ask everybody just to close your eyes. And maybe you need to go back to that vision where the Shema was, was being sung over you and you just stay there. Those who want to follow Jesus, I want you to know that you're going to have to make a decision. You're going to have to make a decision to follow after God and accept that Jesus died for you. And it's going to be the hardest thing you ever do. It won't be hard because you have to earn it. It won't be hard because you have to measure up. No, it'll be hard because you have to give up everything you were to find a new way. But there is strength and joy beyond your understanding. If you accept this way, if you follow Jesus, you accept that he died for you. It is beautiful. If you want to do that, I encourage you to talk to God right now. Tell him you need him. Tell him you can't make your own way because there is no way without Jesus. Accept that Jesus died so you could have a new life. And then commit and just say, I'm going to follow you no matter what comes. Amen. I want to invite Rich and Sue up. But if you made a decision to follow Jesus, if you made a decision, let us know. We want to walk with you on this journey. You can do that by filling out a Connect card. Maybe God is calling you to move forward. Use that Connect card to do that. We got one more thing to celebrate. So I want uh, to introduce you, if you don't know, but most of us do, to Rich and Sue. Could you guys give your uh, a welcome to them? Rich and Sue are officially retiring today from Life Canton. And um, you'll be able to see them after the service. And then we'd like to invite you as well to a open house across the street. You can come in and go as you please from three to six. Um, but it is good for us to celebrate them, to celebrate who they are and what they have done because it's celebrating God. So that's why they're up here, is to celebrate. I'm going to let Rich have the last word in, in just a minute. But I want to share a couple of the things that people have said about them. I've like said goodbye to you guys three times this weekend, so I'm, 
It's like, hopefully I won't get emotional again. Uh, but they have meant so much. Last year, when I talked about Kintsugi, the gold and the glue, I referenced them. I spoke about who they were. They're gold <laughs> because they've been refined. They've been refined over decades following Jesus. It's amazing who they are and how pure their hearts are towards Jesus. They're the glue too. They've held it together through transition and pandemic and you name it. And because of that, us as a church, we're stronger. Not just now while they're here, but they've made us stronger as they go. We talked about their marriage and how it's so full of love and joy. We've talked about their diligence and their ability to be incredibly good at their jobs, but in a way that always centers on Jesus above all. They sacrifice, they work hard, they're amazing, they're great parents. And uh, it's been an honor to work alongside you and to know you. You're an inspiration to all of us. One of the things we want to do is to show a little bit of appreciation to them. So uh, the church, along with the leadership team and staff, has uh, gotten together um, to get you guys a gift that we want you to accept uh, on their behalf. But we know how much they, uh, that you love kayaking and doing things together. They love doing things together, if you didn't know that. So uh, we have purchased you guys a uh, tandem kayak. Uh, so that you can spend a lot of time in that. There you go. Um, we, we're going to bring it out on stage. But then I realized if we then just hand it to them, I don't know what they would do with it. And then they're probably going to take it to Florida, which means I just make a headache. So they can just get it delivered right to Florida where they can ride their kayak all year round uh, together with your family and with grandchildren soon. Not too soon, though, Rich. They're too small. <laughs> well, I'm going to give them the last word, but um, I'll say this. It has been one of the best honors of my life to work with you guys. And uh, I have made it through this season only because of you and God's goodness. And so I'd love for you to speak to the church one last time from the pastor's heart that you have. Thank you. Ooh. Well, I want to say thanks. Thanks, Nathan, to you, the leadership team, the church. Uh, we didn't expect anything like that gift, but that's pretty cool. <laughs> wow. Um, and I just want to say thanks. Thanks for the love we receive from you all and from this place. If you want to be a church filled with the love of God, yeah, well, it's working. I can say that firsthand. So... I do want to say, you know, as, as part of um, the message today is that um, we love Life Church. We are excited about what is going on here. We love the people. I'm in on some of this vision stuff, and it's great. I, it's a lot to look forward to. These are things we would have liked to be a part of. We support the leadership and the great things that are happening here. And at the same time, we know it's in good hands. It's in all of your hands. So the reality is, am I giving anything away? Uh, we chose to come here and help a new church plant right here on Haggerty Road 31 years ago. Okay? 31 years ago. So 
even though there are amazing things yet to come here at Life Church, we finally just had to say, hey, come on, 31 years, that's a good run, okay? <laughs> it's time. And so we're grateful for what all that means uh, in our life. And I just wanted to say that um, we came here to live, we came here to serve, we came here to raise a family. And we're so grateful to have been a part of it. And as a, as a closing, let me share part of my story. We've been talking about stories and some of what God has done. When I started out on this journey, I didn't plan to or want to be a pastor. In fact, I didn't go to church. In fact, I didn't even believe God existed. That's where I started. And now here I am retiring as a pastor of Life Church. How, and for us in our relationship, when I first met this beautiful young lady, you know what I said? I said, I don't ever want to be married. And now here we are, 35 years of incredibly blessed time together. Yeah. And, and, and family? You know, this, I was, I'm a piece of work, okay? I said, I don't ever want to have kids. And now I got five incredible kids that I'm so thankful for. And in fact, the three from Florida are here today with us to make sure we go home with them. So yeah, that move thing is happening. Um, but... The point in that is that how do, the, how do these things happen? How does change like that happen? I'll tell you how it happens. Jesus happens. That's exactly it. And so my life is forever changed by what he has done. But the other part of the reality I want to be crystal clear about is that I just happen to be the guy with the microphone right now. This is the same Jesus in your life. He's doing the work here, now, still, and after we're gone. This is now your 10 or 20 or 31 years to do everything that he's going to do in your life to believe in that and to follow him. So there's no celebrating Rich and Sue here. This is celebrating Jesus and what he has done and what he will do. And with that, we're forever grateful and we're going to pray together. Please bow. Lord, there is no one like you. Lord, we are so thankful for what you have done in our lives. I have been made new and given new life. And we have shared in that here as your people. And we are so thankful for it, Lord. You have done great things. And you get the praise. And we will celebrate on this day because of it. So, Lord, as we gather... We're grateful to do so. And Lord, as we go out, we at the same time continue to give you the thanks and praise for what you will do in these days, weeks, months, and years to come. We celebrate, we say, yay God, in Jesus' name, amen. What a great message. There's so much to talk about, but I'll just uh, mention two things. First, I'm a little biased, but, you know, because I work with young people, with students, there's something in Nehemiah that's so powerful, this image, and Pastor Nathan talked about this image of the family standing in the gap to 
defend the walls, this picture of the family, the whole family working to rebuild and restore what God is, is rebuilding and restoring, to restore what was broken, what was lost, and it's such a cool picture for what is happening at this church as we prepare the whole family, not just men and women, adults and parents, but students and children as well for the work that God is about to do in our community. I'm so excited about that. I hope you're, you're getting excited about that ever listening to this message. Also, I just want to take a moment to reflect on how, how much Rich and Sue have done for this community. They are the glue. They are have been such a strength to this community. We've talked so much this week to Rich and Sue about how Rich is just the picture of peace, of God's peace, and how Sue has been in so many ways, in ways you're not even aware of, been the glue for this community that bound us and held us together through all of the trials and the changes. And they will be missed, but we are excited also about what God is going to do next in their lives. So uh, take a moment today uh, to just pray for them. Um, or if you see them this week, just say thank you. Uh, let them know how excited you are for what is next in their lives. Uh, but if you have anything going on, whatever it is, you are not alone in this community. You belong, and we want to walk through that with you. So let us know prayer requests, needs, uh, anything you have going on that, that you need someone to be involved in or, or to walk through you with. Uh, reach out in person uh, to one of the pastors or staff or anyone in our community, or even use a Connect card to let us know. But uh, remember, you're not alone. But we'll see you next week. Get excited this week about what is coming. We're about to do our vision series, and you're going to hear about some of the ways that God is moving in this church. We can't wait. Hope you have a blessed week. We'll see you next week. Bye.